everyone. This is Maria. And this is Christina. We are two good friends. And tiny housers. With different lifestyles. But the same common goal to live wholesome, nutritious, and adventurous lives. Join us for this conversation we call Real Life. Hey everyone, we're back! Yay! Christina and I are together. Oh, it's been way, way, way too long. I know. I mean, I think the last time we really connected was the podcast. Definitely. We got really busy. Mm-hmm. And um, how come, Maria, we're always in a new location lately? <laughs> this is my fourth move in the last two years. <laughs> You're making my head hurt. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> But oh I am gosh. settled in and planning to live here a while. You bought the prettiest house in the whole wide world. Aw, thank you. Pavel and I said farewell to the yurt last weekend. And so it's been like five days since we've been living in this house or we transitioned into this house. So this house is about 20 times bigger than the yurt? Yeah. <laughs> The living room that we're recording in right now is like the size of the yurt. We need to change our intro. We're no longer tiny houses. right. (laughs) Maria lives in a mansion and I live in a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. (laughs) Pavel and I have been super spoiled with a very large house. Lots of room to grow. I could literally fit my whole family in here with you. Totally. (laughs) And maybe some other relatives. We would get more podcasts done. That's so funny. Yeah. It's a huge blessing. Pavel and I have been painting, unpacking. It's beautiful. Thank you. Maria's going to do great. She's going to be entertaining all of the um, ambassadors coming from different countries now. (laughs) And all the things. Sure. I'll cook them something healthy. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of cooking healthy. Yes. We are diving into some tips for you on holiday recipes. It's finally the holiday season after the longest year in history. Yeah. I mean, 2020 was so long and so dreary. We even had a drought of a summer. That's true. (laughs) I mean, it just dragged on. And finally, I think we're all kind of excited and Mm -hmm. opening the door. It's November 3rd. And we are like, bring it on. I'm hanging up a, my Christmas decorations now. You are? <laughs> I told Kelly we're getting an, a tree early this year. Aww. It might even be before Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm just ready. The power of decorations. Yeah. So let's all be move. happy. That's awesome. Make the most of it. Yeah. So the holidays are amazing. Awesome time of connecting with family, celebrating Christ's birth around Christmas and Thanksgiving, rejoicing for what we have. But one of the things that always bothers me <laughs> about the holidays is all of the, you know, the comfort foods and the traditional foods that um, people who are doing really well with their lifestyle cave on. And it just really trips them up. So, <laughs> or some of us that have just been eating cookies through 2020. <laughs> Can use this as a kick in the pants to eat better. That's so true. (laughs) Yes. So I love, I love to encourage my clients to take what they normally make and find a way to make it healthier so that it's still really special. Definitely. Because the holidays should be fun. They should be full of feasting. And if we eat a little bit more, that's okay. (laughs) As long as our digestion can handle it. But um, we're going to talk about 
how to prepare those foods better and even some di- some digestive support through that. And an interesting tip before we get started, if you have a family of diehard traditionalists that are like, we cannot replace the mashed potatoes and the stuffing, make a second dish. Yeah. I know it's a little bit more work, but we started doing that a few years ago and now we find that we prefer the healthier ones, some of them. Mm-hmm. Not all have been replaced, mm-hmm. but... It's a good way to, to sneak it in. And the first year, I only made a small one, and everybody ate it, and it was gone. That's so the cool. next year, I made the same size as the dish I was replacing. Yeah. Real food is delicious. So. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, the world has trained us not to find vegetables appealing. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> or things without sugar. Yeah. Yes. So we'll start with appetizers. Mm-hmm. Maria and actually, Maria and I actually just dined on um, her wedding carrot soup. I made it for. I don't know if we talked about it in the podcast. So if you've listened to the wedding um, menu podcast, you'll remember this. But this is a perfect soup for Thanksgiving. I think I'm gonna do it this year. And uh, just to remind you guys, it's you just roast carrots and onions, and you toss them in olive oil and um, garlic and then I and the recipe calls for cumin but I actually toss them in a homemade taco Mm -hmm. seasoning and you roast them and you throw them in the blender with stewed tomatoes and then you can add a dairy to it if you want but it really doesn't even need the dairy yeah um this time I did sour cream you did okay yeah because I didn't have plain yogurt Uh but um you don't even need it like it tastes delicious without it Mm -hmm. and it's just an easy like vitamin packed soup I feel great yeah. And I can see better because of all those carrots. <laughs> Vitamin A. <laughs> yeah, it's a really delicious. The roasted, when you go roasted with something, um, roasted greens or roasted carrots yeah. are really delicious. I did throw great in fresh soup. parsley too. I mm, forgot. That's great. So that's a great appetizer. And then the, the other easy one is the ever-trendy charcuterie platter that um, you really you just do it up with what's in your pantry. Mm-hmm. You buy some nice cheese and um, salami or ring bologna we have at the farm store and slice those up and then you complement it with nuts and fruits and you can go fresh or you can go dried and just do it up to your taste. But that's a really fun classic appetizer that is very healthy too. Mm-hmm. Very beautiful. Yeah. Yes. On a nice wooden cutting board. Mm -hmm. So those are two super easy appetizers. And very healthy. Yeah. Like you said. And then one thing that I want to throw in there is a digestive tea. Yes. Right before you eat your meal, it's really great to prep digestion. So dandelion or chamomile are two um, herbs that are really good for supporting digestion. Dandelion in particular has a bitter flavor and any bitter... Um, is really good for getting all of our gastric enzymes working. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so that's something that's great to sip on during your appetizer or right before. So I and really recommend and that. And it's better warm, right, for our digestion. Definitely. We want something warm. Mm-hmm. So even if you can't palate those bitters, like just having offering something warm mm-hmm. is soothing. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Maria that I always inevitably overeat on Thanksgiving. It's yeah. hard not to. Because there's so many dishes. Yeah. Even if you go small with your portions, there's so much to enjoy. So it's never a bad idea to just take some enzymes too and mm-hmm. um, just different things that will help your gut. Drink some kombucha. Yeah. Gear up for that Thanksgiving meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very true. And one small tip with that is it's – 
what I have found is it's better to eat light throughout the day before that big meal Mm -hmm. rather than not eating anything. Some people, they'll actually skip breakfast, lunch to prepare for Thanksgiving. Yeah, But if you eat light, if you eat a protein-based snack um, or a small meal, that revs up your metabolism. Oh, interesting. Yeah, whereas really... Whenever you you do some type of intermittent fast, and then you're probably going to eat some, a lot of carbs in there with that main meal, um, that's not going to help you burn the meal as much. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting tired thinking about this meal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what are we going to do to ourselves? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I have, I have noticed that every holiday gets better for me. I feel like I navigate it better and I enjoy it so much more. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Life is a learning journey. Definitely. <laughs> so on to the main course. Yes. I want to bring to our table some simple but delicious cauliflower mashed potatoes. Yes, delicious. Yes, or some people call it mashed potatoes. So I served this for my family one year and they did not know it was cauliflower. I was so shocked. So I was like proud of myself. But yeah, you basically, you steam up the cauliflower. You can roast mm-hmm. it in the oven for more flavor. Add some butter. Um, mix. I usually just pop it in my Vitamix. Mix it really well. Um, and then add some milk or um, enough butter to make it nice and creamy. It's Salt actually easier than mashed potatoes, I, I find. Because they are just so hard to get to that soft point to mash, especially if you're using fresh Mm-hmm. potatoes like that you dug up or from the neighbor's farm and so those potatoes are really hard and really like meant to be stored and the mashed potatoes just like want to be I mean mashed cauliflower it just it just wants to be Mush. mashed <laughs> yeah and I actually um prep a lot of these dishes ahead of time my grandma always did that and mashed cauliflower is one of the really easy ones you steam I literally just took all the heads of cauliflower from my garden this week and um, steamed them and uh, just threw them in a quart-sized bag. Like, I drained them. Yeah. And then as they were going into the bag, they mushed themselves because they had just been steamed. And so when I thaw those, I can literally just dump them in the blender bowl. And then, like, they'll thaw and add my ingredients mm-hmm. for... Warm it up. Yeah, and just warm it up. So that's a great thing to make ahead. It'd be, like, a five-minute side dish. That's so cool. For some reason, my cauliflower didn't ever fruit this year. Oh, it's probably doing it right now. Oh, okay. (laughs) When I don't live there anymore. I did pull everything because I was leaving. Yeah. Really? Brassicas. Could be that late? Yeah, brassicas do take some long time and we had a drought, so Uh they hate hot, dry weather. Okay. So a lot of like Brussels sprouts and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. those are usually the last, but they're all just coming on now. Okay. I even have to tell now that... Finally started producing that I planted in June. Wow. I did not realize that. Like it had a couple leaves, but it didn't do what kale normally does and mm-hmm. bush out. Yeah, my broccoli was spindly and bitter. Yeah, just the dry, hot summer. Yeah, side note. <laughs> so if you don't have cauliflower or maybe your local farmer doesn't have cauliflower, Wegmans, what I would recommend is grabbing Wegmans frozen organic yeah. cauliflower. Yeah. It's already chopped for you. It's ready to roll. It's freshly frozen and it's organic you'll still have to steam that because they do flash freezing so it's not cooked in the process so you'll still want to like steam it somehow or you can boil it um but it's really quick really Mm -hmm. easy yeah 
So another side is like dressing, a dressing. Mm-hmm. We've done the fermented celery dressing. Do you remember that? I do. It was it's really not good. for everybody, but that's just like lacto-fermenting celery stalks with mm-hmm. the seasonings you would traditionally put in stuffing. So mm-hmm. sage and tarragon and thyme. And that's a fun ferment to have for your gut flora. Definitely. <laughs> it actually has uh, more... Uh, probiotics than yogurt we talked about this yeah. in, uh, a few months ago and it has digestive enzymes in it so right. you could even see how your body handles that rather than taking a supplement if you need some digestive support yeah yeah but for people that are not that crazy about ferments what's an alternative for stuffing for stuffing mm-hmm. I have a really yummy recipe I'm gonna post this along with a few others and it, it doesn't have any bread in it but the combination of different vegetables, and there's some nuts in here, it it tastes like stuffing. It's really yummy. I got to serve this for my harvest dinner party that I did through my business a few years ago. And then Alfred University, our local college, actually asked me to do a dish for their dining halls Thanksgiving dinner. So I pulled this out and everyone loved it. It was really special. So I'll just, I'll share some of the ingredients. It's really unique. Like I feel like when you try it, it's like, wow, that's like a really flavorful stuffing. What's in it? And then you find out it has apples. It has butternut squash, which is really, um, gives it, I think, the right texture Mm -hmm. for stuffing. Um, And it's cubed. It is cubed. Yep. So everything's nice and small. Yeah. Yep. And then I used goat, which gave it this nice um, flavor. Beef it works great too. I felt I found that goat was a little more moist. Okay. But um, onions, peppers, some of those typical things, celery, fresh herbs, and then I also included Brussels sprouts and apples. So, so good. Yeah, apples gave it that sweetness and just complemented the texture. And then on top of all of these things, you do. One more thing in the bottom, you do use eggs to hold it all together. And then on the top, there's a pecan crumble. That's my favorite. Like, it's like a pie. <laughs> you would think. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's really, really good. The nuttiness. So, the crumble also has apples in it with pecans. Then I use some type of butter, coconut oil, garlic, herbs, salt, and pepper. And it's really wow. delicious. So good. You want to make this, Christina? I do. And I want to see if it freezes well. So I think I'm going to make this this week Mm. and do a test batch, and I'll let you know, Maria. That's cool. I think it would freeze well with the eggs being that glue. Mm -hmm. Usually egg-based dishes like that do freeze quite Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I'm all about easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like when you're entertaining, you want to have stuff just... You don't want to be cooking all day on Thanksgiving. You want to be spending that time with your family. Absolutely. So, so you just want to be able to heat stuff up. Yeah. My grandma used crock pots. I don't know if we talked about that, but she actually would make a lot of it ahead and put it in crock pots mm-hmm. so that it was just simmering a couple hours before people got here. Yeah. But you can do the same with your oven. Mm-hmm. But you run out of oven space. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the main uh, meat dishes. Yes. Christina, you want to share? So let's talk about just sourcing your turkey. Yeah. Everybody has their traditional way of cooking turkey, which is cool. This year, I'm going to use sazon on mine. Sazon? Spanish turkey. Ooh. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, I want to do like saffron and oregano Fun. and garlic. So um, I'm going to do it a little different. 
But, uh, you know, cooking a turkey is pretty much you season it Mm -hmm. and then um, you cover it or you put some broth, some bone broth in. You can put like onions or apples in the in the cavity to keep it moist and uh, you just cook it for a couple hours depending on how big or small and but what really determines the flavor in the turkey is your source if you've ever had a store-bought turkey uh, there's not a lot of flavor so people will cover it in seasonings Mm -hmm. and make a gravy and when we started raising our own turkeys and we knew like what they were eating and they were out foraging on the grass the flavor was amazing and even as a kid, I always preferred wild turkey to store-bought turkey because we would serve one of each on the table. Really? And uh, a lot of people didn't like the wild turkey because they thought it was like it had too much flavor. Wow. But I really have come to just love flavored meat. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me to go back to eating conventional meat when I'm like even at somebody's house. So I would, again, maybe serve two turkeys this year and look at... Um, but farm-raised turkeys are a little bit milder than the the um, wild turkeys because they're eating grains and mm-hmm. and foraging around. And what you want to ask your farmer is, um, what are they eating? If the feed is organic, that's really important and non-GMO because if they're eating regular feed like from tractor supply, it's it's going to be very similar to the turkey that you're buying at Wegmans anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's most important is that the turkey's foraging. So you want to make sure that it's it it had greens all summer long and the ability to have worms and all those different things and um it access might to yeah the yeah access to the outdoors and just like the farm fresh eggs that we look for like that rich yolk and the flavor is so much different um it's gonna be the same with the turkey is like it's just gonna be a richer flavor you're not gonna have to season it as much. Um, you're not going to have to deep fry it. You know, yeah. a lot of people are <laughs> frying their turkeys now. Yeah. So, um, and then something to expect is that it's going to it's gonna be a shorter cooking time for a farm fresh turkey uh, because there's just not that fat. And, and that bird was moving around. Like, it wasn't just stuck in a cage um, being tenderized, you know, and, and piled with other birds. It was moving around. So, shorter cooking time is going to have a little bit less fat. And... Uh, and just depending on if it's no soy feed, it, it'll be a little bit drier. So you'll want to do, um, what I do is I rub my whole turkey in lard. That's great. <laughs> I mean, some people are like, oh, but it really, uh, if we talk about healthy fats, yeah. like it's a great thing to do and it crisps up well, but it keeps it moist. Hmm. So I always do that with my turkey too. Um, so know your farmer, know your source. We, unfortunately, we're going to have four or five turkeys available through the farm store. So... Um, if you're interested, we do still have them all available. I haven't advertised them, so you hear it first. Um, send us an email at sunnycovefarm.com, and we will put your name on one. And, uh, I mean, local turkeys that are fresh raised can be upwards of 7 or $9 a pound. This year, our price is $5 a pound. Uh, in the store, they're like $0.89 cents a pound. So. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Like, do you think you would recommend somebody doing a pastured chicken if they can't afford an organic turkey, Maria? Or what are your thoughts on a store-bought turkey? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I think it really comes down to the statement that you're trying to make with your family um, and if you can afford it. Because when I was transitioning to a healthy lifestyle, sometimes, like, holidays is like, okay, well, I can't afford 
right. something more expensive to feed so many people. Yeah. When I'm eating on my own, I can I can decide to do that. But it can be quite the gift to give your family, if you think that way, mm-hmm. um, to invest into something a little more expensive um, and, and treat your family to that. Even doing the two birds, right. so the, the, the farm-raised, um, the locally farm-raised bird goes further and people get to try both for an experience. Yeah. So I would look at it that way um, in one sense. And if you can't afford that, um, yeah, go for an a organically raised chicken. Um, ham um, is kind of another option, getting some organic pork. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's definitely so many delicious meats that you yeah. can do besides turkey uh, if your family is open to that. Um, for my harvest party, I actually did a London broil, which not that steak is less expensive, but it was fun to offer something right. um, different but very special. Yeah, that's really fun. I like the idea of stretching the meal, um, keeping the traditional things, but then also offering other things to try because there are picky eaters out there, you know, people Mm -hmm. that don't care for it. Um, But it is, it's such a treat to have that at the holiday times. And um, yeah, and, and we'll talk more too. This is something you can plan is growing your own turkeys. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can do it very affordably. Um, if you have a backyard, you know, you can raise one or two turkeys and plan for Thanksgiving. I know a couple people did that this year. That's cool. Great way to control your food source, um, and, and keep it affordable. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and desserts. Desserts. There are so many amazing desserts that you can bring to the table. And last year, instead of doing a harvest dinner I just did a dessert party (laughs) and I served um cookies ice cream apple crisp cheesecake aren't you a nutritionist (laughs) I know and it surprised everyone but they were healthy and people felt great when they left so it was really fun so I want to highlight um my ginger molasses cookie that was everyone's favorite whenever I did the dessert party last year and these tasted like, you know, your mom's molasses cookies, which is what I was going for. So the the thing with, with some cookie recipes is it's still going to use some type of sugar. Mm-hmm. And um, you can decide what kind of sugar you use and still really benefit your health. And just to plug, we just restocked our maple sugar at the farm store you finally. Did. So we're not able to make it in the summer because it's so hot. Okay. We're finally back in the cooler weather, and maple sugar is a great locally sourced sweetener. That's Definitely. that's great on your body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so maple has amazing minerals in it, and that's really good for blood sugar handling as well as your overall health. So this recipe requires some type of granulated sugar, so maple would work perfectly. Um, so you can substitute. I also use coconut sugar sometimes. You can use that as well. Yeah, but the maple yummy. sugar would be really nice flavor with, with the molasses. So this, the main ingredients for this, um, besides all of the spices, which would be ginger, cinnamon, allspice, is that coconut or maple sugar and then um, cassava flour is the base instead of a regular flour. I love cassava flour because it's one for one with regular flour. Mm -hmm. And this is a great recipe to use cassava in 
because it's a little bit chewier than a gluten wheat. Definitely. Um, but that's what you love about molasses cookies, right? Is that chewy texture. So yeah. great way to use cassava. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did a sugar cookie recipe with cassava as well. Mm. Turned out amazing. You can decorate them, and that's... No way. Yeah. I need that recipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll post these for you guys. Really delicious. And then the last thing I want to highlight is, of course, pumpkin pie. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, so I just found this recipe a few months ago when I started pulling pumpkins from our garden, and it's really delicious. It's easy to make, and it tastes like the real deal. Pavel thought so, served it to a friend. He thought so, too. So I actually did um, post this in our local newspaper recently, so Fun. I still need to get it up on the on the blog. But this recipe for the pie crust uses a blend of almond flour, coconut flour, and arrowroot starch. Ooh. And together, they make the perfect crust. Um, it has some maple syrup in it, or sugar. You can use either. And then... Um, for the filling, along with the pumpkin puree, it has some coconut milk in it. Yum, that sounds so, amazing. Yeah, so I'll post that recipe. Really easy. Like I'm glad I, I'm not the only person that eats pumpkin pie in August. <laughs> no, it was an early pumpkin it's, pie. <laughs> I, our pumpkins were ready early too, and we were like, pie, yeah, cookies, mm-hmm. all the things. Yeah, and I, I asked Pavel, do you want me to try whipping up some, some cream, make whipped cream? And he's like, no, I just want it by itself. He really enjoyed it. Oh, so, yum. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. So definitely don't have to feel deprived this Thanksgiving. Yeah. And if like if you're listening and you're not the main cook, I would really encourage you to try one recipe. Yeah, just bring it with you. Definitely. It'll bless the cook too because as a main cook, we're always worried about do we have enough food? Mm-hmm. You know, like even if we made an abundance, like you just never know mm-hmm. how hungry will people be. So yeah. it's great to show up with a pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and send us pictures. You yes. can email or send us on social media pictures of what you made. We love to hear that. Or your ideas. Yeah. If you have other favorite healthy holiday recipes, yeah. we love to hear it. So catch up for our podcast. We are still going to be doing our monthly times together. Mm-hmm. We're going to do mid-month musings. Yes. <laughs> so once Maria gets settled a little bit more, and now that I'm out of the harvest time, we'll be uh, switching back and forth. Somebody will be talking in the middle of the month, just sharing what's going on in our lives or a lesson that we learned something like that mm-hmm. so stay tuned for that maria will have most of these recipes that we talked about posted by next week if you're listening to this in real time so um you'll have plenty of time to plan before thanksgiving and our farm wants to be a resource for you too if you're looking for locally sourced food we uh, not only grow a lot of the food you might be looking for but we also have a lot of contacts within new york state that we can bring in some special ingredients and things like that for your holiday meals so contact us you can find me at www.sunnycovefarm.com and you can find maria at thrivinghealthnewyork.com so we are here for you we want to be a resource Uh, we're so excited that you join us on this journey every month and thank you for letting us share with you yeah it's awesome to walk with you guys through this and support you in your goals yeah so happy thanksgiving everyone All right. Thank you. This was fun, Christina. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) 